Welcome to Life with Zan. I'm your host and friend, Zan Farrow. This podcast was designed to celebrate how each of us breathe life into our own little corners of the world. Whether through work or play, it is my hope to honor the process and encourage others to do the same. Welcome to Life with Zan. Hello and welcome to season three of Life with Zan. This year, we're going to be doing things a little bit different. I wanted to come up with a structure and way to podcast this year, and I decided that I'm going to have season three structured with one podcast episode each month. I will be posting the last Thursday of every month, so the day this episode goes up will be January 28th and yeah, so on and so forth, and I hope this works for all of you. I think this is a really um, nice way to spread everything throughout the year, and this season is going to be a combination of solo episodes like today, and I'm also going to include some interviews too. I've got um, some awesome people in my life that I'd really love to share their background and experience in entrepreneurship and life. Also, quick reminder, the Sunday after this episode goes up, the pre-order for the Mindful Business course will be available. That meaning you order ahead, but you get a little bonus and that will be a one hour coaching call with me for free. So if you pick it up sometime between the 31st and the 4th of February, you'll get that free one hour coaching call, which is so amazing combined with the actual course because we can apply specific questions you have, work together with some of your mindset blocks and help you create a foundation tailored to you and your future business. The course officially launches on February 4th, but if you get in on the pre-order, you will receive a free one-hour coaching call with me, and that is the perfect time to ask specific questions, us to be able to work one-on-one and create a tailored solution for you and your current or future business ideas, and I, I know combined this will be such a good experience, and I really encourage you to get in on the pre-order to receive that bonus if you've been interested in coaching or looking for a course for that mindset portion of starting your own business and creating that solid foundation. If you find this episode at a later date, go ahead and check out in the show notes the Mindful Business course. I'll go ahead and link it once it goes live and go check it out. See if it's a good fit for you. There are so many ways to incorporate this into different businesses, whether you're interested in today's specific topic, which is running your own interior design business or something different. I know there will be aspects that could support you and your future endeavors. So let's go ahead and get started. I've been talking about creating my course for a while, but a few weeks back when I shared a little bit more about 
the specific topic of my course, I've had a good amount of people reach out to me that are specifically also interested in having their own interior design business. If you're new here, hello. I um, My name is Anne and I've <laughs> had my own uh, virtual and in-person interior design business and in 2020 it turned all virtual and snowballed into coaching, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing here and now. But um, that's where I got really my entrepreneur entrepreneurial experience. And this has led me to having lots of discussions with fellow interior designers. And one particular person reached out to me saying, hey, like, it'd be awesome if one day you created a course specific to interior design. And I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. I'm not in a position right now where I'm thinking about the next course. I'm kind of like in the here and now. But that I thought that was a really smart idea, especially considering how many designers seem interested in this because I knew I wouldn't get to creating an, another course um, so similar anytime soon. I wanted to go ahead and take that and turn it into a podcast episode. I knew that this would be a awesome podcast episode topic and and speak to so many people's interest in running their own design business. I have so much to say and really there are so many ways to go about having your own design business and that's where I'm kind of going to start. So when you're looking at owning your own design business, whether you went to school for interior design or you are a passionate person about design but does not have a design background or you're someone who is completely changing careers altogether and just like wants to jump in and do this for fun, either way, you have so many different opportunities and possibilities for your business. I know it feels like this is a highly saturated market right now if you're active on social media, active in the world. There's a lot out there and it can be intimidating and surprising and overwhelming and potentially make you not want to try at all because you're like, oh, so-and-so does it so well. They're killing it. They're doing a great job and their photos are beautiful and They have so many clients and, you know, you could talk yourself out of anything. But really what I want to do is, you know, share some of your options and what I believe you are capable of achieving, whether you have a background or not. Everyone has to start somewhere and there's no right or wrong way. And while I'm a firm believer in education, I'm also a firm believer in experience is your number one teacher. When it comes to thinking, okay, maybe you're interested also in having a virtual interior design business. You're like, that seems cool. It sounds like there's a lot of flexibility. I can do it from anywhere. That's great. I obviously am going to encourage you to get a lot of information on starting your own website. Do you feel comfortable in that sort of thing? Communicating virtually, um, doing everything digitally, or are you going to miss having that in-person Um, like connection and experience and there's no right or wrong answer it's just a little bit different for everyone so you can have all virtual you can work in person with your clients that looks a little different right now in the world we're living in but it's still very doable and uh, there's a lot of safe ways to meet with your clients um, and even before 
a pandemic, you still did a lot um, through email and phone, but just something to think about. And with your lifestyle, like what are you looking for? Do you want to do either or those? Are you looking for a mix? So those are the kind of the two main options there. Next is thinking about um, type of design. Are you doing residential? Are you doing commercial? Are you doing hospitality? Um, a combination. I, when I first started out, I was working for myself. I was doing a combination of commercial and residential and it was a bit much for me personally, I think because they both operate so differently and that's where I'm going to go into like the next topic, which is really niching down into your area of expertise. So I know that's like hard to determine, especially if you don't have experience or haven't worked for yourself, or maybe you've only ever done one type of design and you want to explore different things. Like I get it. There's nothing wrong with trying different areas of design, but when it comes to building a clientele, I know the top thing you can do is to have a niche. So that can look a million different ways. For example, some design firms have a certain style and everything they do kind of falls within that style. There's no right or wrong way. That's just their way. And it works because you attract the right clientele that are looking for that specific type of style and that specific type of budget. What size projects are you looking for? Are you wanting to do large mansion size transformations? Are you wanting to do small office transformations? Are you wanting to do Vegas size hotels? Like think about size, scale of project. And I know um, in the beginning when you're getting started, you want to take any and every opportunity. And there's a fine line here. Uh, we, when you're starting out, you're get you're super scrappy and you're like, I'm going to take anything and try anything and like you turn into a yes man and you're just like constantly saying yes and kind of burning yourself out a bit and that's okay if that's like part of your experience and learning take a lot from your experiences take what you're learning and recognize what happens when you work on a large-scale hotel and five small residential projects. Like, how's that affecting you? Is it okay? Or are you feeling like you're splitting your time differently? And just just absorb information, take that experience, and move forward because chances are in your first few years, you'll really begin to see what best works for you and your schedule and your time. And um, I really, yeah, I want to encourage that niching down. And this can look like a quick brainstorm session, even just, okay, sitting down saying, okay, do I want to be virtual or in person? Okay, I kind of have a feeling what would work for me there. What type of design, residential, commercial, hospitality do I want to do all through? I don't know, um, maybe. Um, and then last, consider what do these, what are my projects look like? Do I have a specific style? Do I only do higher end? Do I only do um, one room transformations? Like really get as specific as possible as what you'd like to do. And even as like specific as budgets you'd like to work within and um, what your ideal clients kind of like. Obviously, like there's no 
perfect thing, but having um, some sort of roadmap is really helpful in helping you when you're um, pulling together your brand and you're pulling together marketing and sharing anything on social media. Like you want to have kind of this base understanding of who you are as a business and what you're wanting to attract. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of a really good starting point. I know it's it's kind of vague, but I think it's really valuable instead of saying, I'll take any and everything. I'm a designer. Like, I'll do I'll do it all. And yeah, I'm. you probably can do it all. No one says you can't. Um, but you will be pulled in so many different directions if you kind of aren't a bit more structured and targeted. I think that um, saves you time and makes things less confusing on the client side. Also... I really want to emphasize that this isn't a one-size-fits-all solution um, because we all have different goals for our career and our lifestyle and really be thinking about what you would want this career to look like. As in, are you wanting to work 60-hour weeks? Are you wanting to work 20-hour weeks? You can do either. What does that look like for you? What is, you know, what kind of money do you want to make? And how does that play into how many hours you end up working a week or how many clients you'd like to take on at a time? I know it's a lot to think about at once, but really think about what you want and create boundaries for yourself. This goes back to being like the yes man again. Obviously, if you go into working for yourself and you have a lot of people interested in working with you, you're very grateful and appreciative and excited, but at the end of the day, you need to be able to produce good work for your clients and sometimes that means not starting on a project for a few months and being able to open up your books a year in advance that that can easily happen and it's a difficult thing especially in the beginning to think about but knowing how much time you're available to put in and because if you are single and you aren't don't have a family and maybe you're in a phase where you're ready and willing to put in a lot of time maybe more than someone who has a significant other that they want to spend their evenings with or they have kids that they need they want to be with for certain hours of the day or they have community activities they're involved in or they have a hobby they want to spend you know another chunk of time doing like we all can choose to spend our time differently and I think um, up front that's something to think about uh, especially when it gets into like numbers and knowing like how much you want to pay yourself and everything so really something to think about going in and I know a lot of us get trapped in that old school way of thinking like oh working work has to be nine to five and it can be but it doesn't have to be when you work for yourself you can build it you know to work for you so if you know you would rather get an hour done in the morning before your kids wake up and then spend some time with them and then take them to school and then work for a few hours and then pick them up and then um, maybe work check emails for 30 minutes in the evening like if that works for you and your schedule you got to do that uh, so that's why I really encourage you to be thinking about these things up front and that way you can structure and plan and have an idea of how you can build in time to your life for clients and projects and opportunities and just yeah kind of really get that base set up for you 
And again, this is all brainstorming and fun. If nothing's concrete, and if you try something and it's not your favorite, doesn't work, you can switch it up down the road. That's what's so nice about this. But having a plan up front, I think, is super important. And when you have a plan up front, you're able to communicate your side better to your clients. And that is extremely valuable. Communication is the top thing. And that kind of moving into pricing, that is like a whole world in itself and it feels so uncomfortable if you've never done this before, like put a price on your work. Uh, And I can't tell you what to charge. That's um, up to a lot of different things. That's, you know, what you're truly feel are able to get done in your time in time you know that does vary if you are only working in person in new york city that's going to be a different price if you're only working in person in dallas like that those are not the same thing so all factors to take in mind but the two ways i've structured my business and i feel like the two main ways are um either working hourly which pros and cons there and um or working in packages which same pros and cons there I again this goes into thinking about what type of projects you want to do your ideal clients etc etc I'm going to say hourly protects you in some ways meaning you're working the hours you get paid Um, there's a lot of work there sometimes in calculating how long is this actually going to take me and if I say it's going to take me 40 hours and it takes me 80 hours, like having those conversations along the way with your clients about um, what it's going to cost them. And what's nice about packages is there is a set upfront price and they, a lot of clients like knowing, hey, oh, this is what it's going to cost me instead of going in and thinking, oh, I have absolutely no clue this, this is going to cost me $40,000 or $80,000. So again, just you know, spitballing ideas, then when it comes to um, having like consistent clients over and over again and really getting a feel for um, who you work with and what that's like, I think that's where it can sometimes be comfortable to go from hourly to um, packages, just depending on um, if you work with like a copy paste client over and over again, and you're redoing the same thing with them um, and just kind of building that trust and everything Um, but either way you're going to have to communicate a lot about how budget and your design time and what that looks like and if you can't get something done like x y and z what would happen next like there's a lot of communication there to uh protect yourself and protect your client moving on from that the next thing that's like not my favorite subject but so important is uh contracts Oh, if you've worked in the design industry and you're looking to start on your own, you're probably like, oh God, uh, I just, and there's just a lack of understanding and information on how to set that up. And that can look so different again for every single person. For me specifically, I do not order and purchase um, my client's furniture. That is something they do, that it was something I chose to do up front for a lot of reasons, saves my clients money if they're doing it themselves and not paying someone to order their stuff. Um, That means I'm not doing a lot of custom uh, work. And that also means that if something happens between my client and the retailer, 
I am protected in my contract with them that they, um, if the retailer, for example, that they purchase from sends something broken that they cannot come to me and sue me or essentially, I've never been in a situation like that. I have, I've had wonderful clients, but you know, you, it's important to protect yourself, especially if you are very actively putting yourself in your work out there and trying to draw in clients. Um, this is really an important thing to consider, especially if you're getting into the world of construction, custom furniture, um, anything of the sort. And like, I, I could really go on for days as far as like, and I don't, you know, I don't want it to be like doomsday thoughts, but having a business is serious. And if, um, you're doing anything that involves, construction especially there's a lot to consider as far as like um, state laws local laws and who you're hiring and working with um, having a relationship with your general contractor things like that and I I would really encourage you to do as much research as possible on insurance for your company and contracts to protect you and your clients and yeah I think that's really important. Um, on top of that, relationships, like I was saying, relationships with the people, not only your clients, but the rest of the people you're working with. Number one tip, be always learning. You can learn as much from a well-experienced designer that's doing exactly what you want to do as you can from your UPS delivery driver. If they're the person that's constantly delivering the product, they might have some information for you, what to expect, and same thing from um, someone who's well experienced. They're all helpful. They're all uh, really important, and taking care of those relationships should be like top, top priority. I think that's not something you really understand in school if you went to school for design. Um, but that's something I quickly learned in internships. And I think is so, so important is like care for those relationships, take care of those people who are there for you and supporting you because one day you'll probably really need them in an emergency and they'll save your butt. So, um, that's, uh, just something really important to take into consideration. Also, coming from the design side, you work a lot with sales reps. And if you work as a designer now, you chances are you have met and encountered many, many different sales reps for different products. And my number one tip always to befriend your sales reps, because if you're in a place right now where you're thinking, oh, hey, one day, you know, I might want to go on on my own and work for myself and I, I won't know what I'm doing at all. Um, having those same reps in, in your corner will be so valuable because chances are you will have the exact same person helping you with your clients when your own business as you did when you worked for somebody else. And if not, they know everybody and they will help you in locating the person or they know somebody who knows somebody. I, I think those relationships are so freaking important and it's so valuable to maintain those and if you're coming in not having any design experience and you're not sure where to start um, start building those relationships reach out ask questions ask if they can send over um, some information or if they can meet and you can learn more about their product and get to know them it sounds weird but it is like will be the most valuable thing and that's speaking from 
coming as a being a designer and being a sales rep, like coming from both sides, I recognize how valuable that can be to someone and how much you can help them in getting something done or making a connection or um, just helping solve a problem really quick. I think, yeah, top thing, relationships always in any form of business. Something I would really recommend for those of you that are considering um, looking into becoming a designer, starting your own design business. I'm going to recommend something that's maybe not popular, and that is to start it as a side hustle. I don't know that you need to go all in immediately. I think having it as a side hustle is a really good idea. That's how I started out. I, you know, had some side projects. It was just kind of like family friends or friend of a friend wanting help here or there, and that really gave me the confidence before I went out and, you know, worked for myself that like, oh, I could actually do this. Um, there's a comfort level of having like a team and a name backing you, but if you you know, you feel drawn to it, try it out. Like you don't need to quit your day job to do this thing. You can do it on the side for a while, get some confidence built up, learn what you're liking, what you're disliking, how you want to change things and build it up over time. While you're working somewhere else, maybe you're lacking some confidence in business. Take that time to learn more about business. Listen to podcasts, read the books, sign up for my course. Like there are so many ways you can learn about business without going to get a business degree. And, you know, I think even like where you are now, let's say you do work at a design firm and you're like, oh, I don't know much about the contracts and the billing and how they set up the project phases and the timelines or any of that. Like take the time to ask questions now and learn now and show yourself some grace. This is not an overnight learning curve. Like you've got a lot of time to learn and asking the questions now and getting kind of uncomfortable and being a beginner again can feel hard and not fun, but um, it's really going to empower you in the long run. Now, whether you have clients now or want to get started now or not, um, think about that ideal client base and create that plan that works for you and consider how you can position your services uh, to future clients and um, even existing clients going forward. So creating that website, joining an organization. Um, I think the best is always word of mouth marketing. Um, that's how I get my best recommendations to this day. But um, I think it goes without saying that a social media presence is key. Um, obviously, that looks a little different depending on your dem ideal demographic of your clients. So if your clients are younger and they're, let's say your clients are millennials and they um, live in big cities, like that's, I don't know, just, just something to think about. They're going to be on certain social media platforms more than others. So um, they're probably going to be more on Instagram than they are going to be on Facebook and house. So yeah, just kind of like thinking about that. Of course, there's also Pinterest and um, lots of places you can share your work, obviously, on top of a website. This is all kind of part of thinking about that niche group of people you want to serve, your niche design style, um, the budgets you want to work within. All of that plays into 
where you're sharing your work and how you're presenting your work. This can really just help a client connect to you and feel comfortable hiring you, especially if you are sharing photos and even sometimes they like hearing like what you used in a project. Like people love to hear paint colors for some reason. I see that a lot. Um, they're like, oh, what paint color did you use there? That's an easy, quick thing to share and um, be a resource, be helpful. And that, again, continues to build trust there and make someone want to work with you and hire you. Um, obviously, when it comes to your website, you want to include a lot of information about um, and communicate clearly without overwhelming them. I know it's like this fine balance, communicate clearly without overwhelming them. And of course, this reminds me that you want to constantly be providing value. So whether it is online or otherwise, um, that encourages them to hire you again. And I know a lot of people really like using a newsletter with their clients and repeat clients just to keep them in the loop on what they've been working on. And that often um, brings people back again and again. And no matter what you do, I feel like I've covered a bunch and there's always more to share because this industry, like many, is constantly changing and growing and shifting, especially in the entrepreneurial space. But it's a really exciting time to be an interior designer and a lover of design in general. This episode really dives into the more practical practical side of starting an interior design business. Like this is really a jumping off point and creating a framework to um, build a successful business you love in this industry. Um, coming out of school and gaining work experience, I felt pretty confident in working through the more practical side of work, as in like the setting up a business account and things like that. But I struggled a lot with the mental blocks that came along with doing something I'd never done before. And that, yeah, that's really the area I struggled in the most. At the time, it felt like everyone around me had expectations of what my next move in my career was supposed to look like and it just didn't really align with where I felt I needed to be. I couldn't see myself in 2018 returning to a traditional office environment. I knew I needed to be with people and in a position where I was connecting and the roles I'd had in the past or the ones others kind of expressed that they saw me and didn't support the vision I had for my lifelong career. For me, the things I wanted most were not to dread that going into work feeling like the Sunday scaries. I wanted to feel empowered by the work I did and supported by my team and my clients. Um, you know, wanting to feel acknowledged for my achievements, which is a whole new ball game when you're working for yourself, learning to like celebrate your own wins is kind of weird, but um, really rewarding. Um, I want to feel like I wanted to feel challenged in my work and pushed and felt like there was room to grow. Um, top thing was having flexibility in my schedule which is amazing. Like I said before, that's something to think about going into any company um, that you own on your own. You can really create that and set that format up front. And the biggest thing is I've always wanted to feel like I was in control of my career and my journey. Like I'm driving the bus and it hasn't always felt that way. But betting on myself, um, was really scary and it is betting on yourself is scary and working for yourself is not for everyone that's totally cool but many people in this community we have here seem to feel the same way wanting to um feel like empowered and in control of 
their career and where they're going and not just wanting but knowing it was time to kind of like jump but feeling afraid like this that kind of feeling where I don't know you just want you're ready you're ready and this is the complete reason I decided to create the mindful business course and because I know each and every feeling and fear that goes into making that decision and I know what it feels like to be on the other side of that phase of like sharing like this is me I'm out here doing this thing like that's that's scary and for me that mindset piece was always what I personally struggled with most so creating a course on this was so easy because it was like been there like I've I've freaking been there I've lived it I have all the notebooks with all the notes and all the questions and all the research like I had already kind of made it and if you too spent your entire childhood rearranging your and redecorating your bedroom and think the idea of um, working for yourself as an interior designer is out of reach maybe it's time to actually explore that idea I know it feels crazy or too good to be true but what could potentially be like on the other side of that fear I know that because of what I've pushed myself to do in the last few years I won't look back and regret that I won't I won't look back and regret um putting myself out there and maybe even making myself vulnerable to be criticized or judged or to fall flat on my face I I know I'll be glad I did it and that will never feel like a mistake to me I will only regret not trying not betting in myself and not giving into fear. Okay, I know we just got a little deep, but (laughs) those feels are so real when you're in that process of thinking, can I really do this? Can I really try it? Even if it's just a side thing, like, can I really try it? And the answer is yes. I've really been in the creation phase of this business course, so my mind is in the thick of it, and I'm I'm feeling those emotions right now. For those of you who are looking to pursue your, your own interior design business, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Zanfaro, uh, or feel free to email me at hello at Zanfaro.com. And reminder, the Mindful Business course goes up for pre-sale this Sunday after this goes live on January 31st. And yeah, if you get in on that pre-order, you get that one hour coaching call for free. Amazing. And the uh, launch, the official launch is on Thursday, February 4th. I hope to see you there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Life with Zan. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you like what you hear, go ahead and rate and review the podcast to give Life with Zan a little boost. I'll see you next month.